All right, we're on the air with Mr. Rick Chauvin from Woodstock Brewing. Rick, how you doing today, brother? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Fantastic. Loving life. Doing all right. Absolutely oh, loving life. The cycle, I like it. I got one of those as well. I Unfortunate. Bring it. I bought a mean Charlene. Nice. Unfortunately, um, Bobby lives out in Rochester, so he found out it's he's not able to get your beer out there just yeah, yet. Yeah, not yet. We're not there yet. We're uh, we're working on it. We were working on actually distribution to the city the week prior to uh, to the coronavirus lockdown, and I had to you know cancel any meetings and stuff like that. So that oh uh, yeah, that does make it difficult. So where are you located in Phoenicia? We're between Woodstock and Phoenicia on Route 28. Um, it's basically like outside the town. It's just um, it's just maybe five minutes from from the town of Phoenicia. Yeah, we used to go up there, guys, camping trip every year, just on the north side of Phoenicia, just the state land that's up there. Drink beer and some other things, and just There's hang a lot out. Of people that come Bullshit. Through. A lot of people come through that, that do the exact same thing. It's awesome up there. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's what drew me up there. So. Yeah, how did you get your start with the the brewery? Um, so I basically was um, living in, in Manhattan and working, and then I bought a house, and I would come up hiking in the um, in Woodstock area, like 02, 03, 04. And then 2007, 08, I was like, I really like it up here, so I think I'm going to buy a house. So I started looking for a house in the Woodstock area, and it took me about a year and a half to find one. And um, once I got that, uh, the brewer, Scott, he started coming to my house and basically was like, do you want to brew beer with me? And I was like, sure. So that's all we did was we sat in my garage and brewed beer. And then I'd watch him clean all this stuff. Cause, I, <laughs> and, um, and that's what we did. And we brewed, wound up brewing like the same IPA a thousand times, just trying to figure out, you know, the different ingredients and the hops and the, the profiles and, you know, how we would, how to make it better and the way that we wanted it to taste. Nice. Yeah, see, guys, it wouldn't be so bad to brew beer in your basement. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure the floors are concrete. <laughs> yeah, they are. But, uh, yeah, my cousin Tom, yeah, him, he just got me into drinking Endless Cycle. It's a little difficult for me to get it. It's like a 40-minute drive to get it from here. But Where, where are you looking? Uh, I live in Pauling. Okay. So I had to drive to Poughkeepsie uh, to get it. Yeah. Which isn't so it's bad. It's easy for me. Easy for me to get it. Right down the road, literally. <laughs> how how far I, is it from Athens, Cooksack area? It's not far. To, Forty-five minutes. To Woodstock. Yeah. Forty-five minutes to an hour. Yep. Yeah. Um, it should, it yeah, would be have, faster if, if they had like a straight road, but you have to like go around. You know, you can't go straight. Right. Right. What uh? So what was the first IPA or? Let's say, what did you, what was, what did you name the first one that you worked on that you crafted up? What was, what was that Rhetoric. one? What was Rhetoric. that? It's called Rhetoric. Rhetoric. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically like we tried to make a, an IPA that was like new school northeastern IPA, cloudy, but still had some residual bitterness, and with all West Coast hops. West Coast hops. Yeah, Cascade. Like, Cal- like California. Yeah, exactly. So what's the difference? Like where I, I don't I don't really know anything about. Well, I know what I like. I just discovered IPAs over the winter, 
pretty much. Um, I used to really drink like ales and pilsners and then somehow fun, weird story sitting in the bar. Um, and a buddy of mine was in there. He orders up a, an, uh, IPA and, uh, I said, what are you drinking? He was, a, it was actually Crossroads brewing there. Um, he said, it's called new normal. And I was like, ah, how is it? And he's like, oh, it's excellent. Try it. And this was before coronavirus, obviously. So I take his glass and down and I was like, damn, that shit's good. <laughs> and that was the start of my IPA. And that was probably like, I don't know, maybe November this past year. And uh, then I've been basically going on, you know, testing the waters yeah. different things and i found your endless cycle love it i think it's great and that's what i drink um you know awesome well, well, probably more often than not for 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 me it was uh i think it was like 2006 or 2007 uh firestone walker double jack um that was like the first super hoppy beer that i tried and i was blown away so blown away that i found a place in oregon that would ship it to me and i bought a case of it yeah. And it costs like 150 for the shipping and like 80 bucks for the beer. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was the problem that we ran into. Bobby ran into in, uh, out in Rochester. It was, yeah. I think it was, the, I was, it was more to ship it. Six pack. It was like 25 bucks to ship it, which I mean, coming this far is not ridiculous, I guess. But when you're paying more for shipping than the beer, you're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. The beer just weighs <laughs> a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But with, as far as endless cycle, I mean that that beer was the first beer that we made where we thought really represented what we've been trying to do over all the IPAs that we've been making, and um, and even so, with I think we brewed the eight batches or nine batches of it. It's probably become our flagship beer, and each one has been different, and each one has been you know refined, and we tweak it a little bit. And I think this last batch that we're canning on Thursday, May 28th is going to be our best batch. And it'll be the final recipe for this, this iteration. And cause oh. you're always like trying to refine it and make it exactly the, you know, we're always critically analyzing it. I can't enjoy an endless cycle. I'm, I just sit down and analyze like the finish <laughs> bitterness and the flavor profile and how soft it is and how juicy it is. And so we're just constantly trying to, make it where it we think it needs to be and i think we finally have hit it we haven't carbonated it or kegged it or or canned it yet so i'll let you know guys know on friday but um but we're canning them up on thursday so we're gonna oh, if it's that good those. i'm gonna have to drive to phoenicia next <laughs> yep. weekend we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to taste test the that product yeah, you guys have to let me know i mean you guys probably drink it more than i do in a, in a enjoyable, enjoyable fashion. So, yeah. So you just have to let me know which, if, if, you know, we change it for the better or for the worse. Yeah, we could definitely do that. What about your by way of synthesis IPA? Um, that one is also like one of the newer, like we've been kind of shifting how we, we bitter the beers and when we add, add the hops and trying to find the right balance. And so I feel like that one, that's a really hoppy beer. Um, it's definitely the cloudiest, haziest beer we've made by far. And um, I think that us internally as a brewery, like we prefer them to be 
a little less um, murky and more, a little bit more like lighter bodied. And, um, but by way of synthesis is like the end of that spectrum where it's, it's definitely hoppy and juicy and fruity. It's just very, very thick. Um, but it's a great yeah. beer. Um, people seem to love it. And that's really what's important about it. So I think I'm going to try that one next. Yeah, it's a great beer. I mean, I've, I cracked a can here and like, for me, the IPAs, like I love the IPAs, but when you're tasting them all the time, I just want to drink Pilsner and lager and, and thing, you know, something that where it doesn't wreck my palate. Um, yeah. Something where I, you're not critiquing yourself all the time. Yeah. Well, I brought home a four pack of, of the, uh, of the by way of synthesis the other day and I drank two of them and I don't normally do that. I'll normally like drink one of each beer and then, and I drank two of them and I'm like, this beer is fucking good. So <laughs> you know, it's just, that's how I feel about this one. <laughs> like, yeah, this one's like, shit, man. Damn. So how far do you distribute right now? Like a 50 mile radius or no, we it... just, we distribute from we, uh, Westchester to Canada on the Eastern New York. Oh, okay. Wow. So there's there our distributor is Craft Beer Guild. Um, and they, uh, they, or TJ Sheehan is the parent company and they have like four or five different, different distribution zones in New York. One of them is like the city on Long Island. One is like the Eastern corridor. One is the Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo area. And then there's like another one in the middle. So that would be four to five, four, I guess, excuse me. And, uh, they, so we we're looking to do one with each one, do a deal with each one of them. It's just making sure that we have the production to satisfy the market that we're in currently. And our, because of this coronavirus, and also because I feel like our name is getting out there more and our brand is, or people are recognizing that our brand has good beer um, or great beer. So our, our sales have gone up like of cans, like 300% in the last like four months. Wow. So it's really trying to balance like satisfying the customers that come in the tap room and making sure that we have enough beer for everyone there and then getting the stuff in cans and sending it to the distributor. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's just a, uh, uh, something you have to learn how to do. Yeah. You have to, that's probably the toughest part of it all. Figuring out that part. Well, I mean, we, we, uh, we have a different, I don't want to say different model. We just have a, we have a very robust tap room. And so we didn't start canning for the first year and a half that we were open and we sold a hundred percent or 95, 90% out of the tap room in the first year. And then it's like 70% out of the tap room in year two. And now we're on year three and we're like 50, 50 and every year our volumes are going up and our tap rooms getting busier. So there has, there's going to be a point where we're not going to grow volumes in the tap room but I never wanted to like send too much beer to the market because I don't ever want to disappoint someone when they come into my tap room and say, well, we came, we just drove here from, you know, Pauling or wherever. And they're like, I want to try all your beers. And why don't you, why do you, why did you run out? So that's always like the problem that we have that I'm trying to work on. Sounds like a good problem to have. I guess. I mean, you know, I want to <laughs> one sense of it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's your, um, what would, I don't know if it's something you ever thought about, but what, what's your take on, you know, now you got um, lots of different options as far as like um, just um, retail and merchandise in general, um, like for ways to get things across, um, 
just in general to, to the public. So what's your, what are your thoughts on like direct to consumer, um, you know, sales? You mean like online sales or, or shipping? Or oh, something? Almost, yeah. Shipping and things like that is what's the, what's your, you know, what's like, your thoughts of that? Well, I mean, I have, I think that I personally am not into like regulation just in general. Um, yeah. And so I think that as long as there are as a framework for everybody to act responsibly, people should be able to do whatever they want. Right. And so for shipping beer, I think like it's a no brainer. Like why can wine ship, but beer can't ship or why, why, you know, now that we have UPS who requires an adult signature, there's no reason why you shouldn't be allowed to ship beer direct yeah. to the consumer. I mean, the, the powers that be the, the distributor clearly doesn't want you to go around them. And so that winds up becoming an issue. However, the cost, and, and I, I don't want to do this, but if I ship beer to the city and I ship you two four packs, you're going to pay 20 bucks for shipping no matter what. It's not, and there's nothing I can do about it. And so right. the cost of your, if you bought $30 of beer, now it's 50 bucks. You might as well just buy it through the, you know, your beverage center or wherever you have, you can acquire it because, because you're now paying the premium. Right. But the, at the same time, it, I think that those, all of those forces interact. I mean, we started online shipping. We've sold, we haven't sold that much because I think there's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to pay 20 bucks for shipping, you know? Right. Um, but um, it's definitely given people who can't drive up. We like a lot of our sales for online have been to the city, to the Bronx, to Queens, Brooklyn. Um, they just can't leave their houses now. They have no means to get here. And so they've been here and they want to get beer and we'll ship it to them. And, and yeah. I'll try to get it to them as cheap as I can. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing I can do about well, it. Well, yeah, I'm in shipping. I know it's, it's, it is what it is. It's not cheap. But like you said, I mean, your favorite beer was from Oregon and they were, would ship it to you. So you're going to have to pay the premium to, if you want it. Until I can find it. Pay for it. You couldn't find it. Yeah. You pay for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially all the way across the country. I think there's room. I think there's marketplace for, for that to happen and for shipping to accommodate the direct to consumer, just like it accommodates for wine direct to consumer without huge, you know, shipping costs and things like that. I think, it, I think it's, it's definitely going to break its way in and I think it'll be a huge, great deal for everybody. I, mean, I, hope so. I hope so because like, uh, I specifically carved out, um, my online sales from my distribution contracts so that anything like selling through Amazon, not that I would ever do this, but like selling through Amazon or whatever online platform there is that would give us a, a the ability to sell our products direct to consumer. Um, I carved that out of our distribution contracts specifically. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's one coming soon. <laughs> Very soon. Yeah. This Already guy just bought, just, yeah. What is it? Textbrews.com. <laughs> it's coming. All right. It's got those, uh, those are going to get worked out first though. The shipping is, is the biggest hurdle, obviously. So, partner up with a, a some uh, some kind of logistics to get things where they're going yeah at a at a re, at a realistic price so it's not like a tomorrow thing but it's 
it's coming. Yeah, I mean, sure. I definitely, well, more, more stuff will continue to move online. Yeah, I think I think everything's going online. I mean, I the, think you're the new normal now. It's almost like it's going to have to. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, everything you know, online sales is through the uh, through the roof ever yeah. since Corona. You know, and I don't think I don't foresee you the same activities happening after after this. I don't foresee people spending hours just window shopping when they get used to window shopping on, on their phone. I just don't see it, it ever going back to anything like that. I, mean, I, like, I see it's going back to bars, like going to your tap house oh, and bars. hanging out. It's fine. But I mean, if you could get I'm talking about beer like delivered. And things yeah, like but if you can get your beer delivered to the house without having to go out, it's just, you know, convenience. Yeah, yeah. You never have to leave your house and you can get everything brought to you. Yep. I mean, pretty much everything else is already that way. So yeah, food. I get HelloFresh every week, <laughs> delivered right to the right to the house. Usually, I live in the middle of nowhere. We can't get anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Phoenicia, there isn't even cell phone service up there, or maybe there is by now. But nope, no cell phone service. Yeah. What? Uh, Literally, so is in the middle of nowhere. What is your What's your plans for growth? Are you Are you guys looking at, you know? bigger, bigger, um, uh, batching systems. I don't know what you call the systems so, that you guys. So, so yeah. we, have a, we have a 15 barrel brewing system. Um, we were on pace to produce somewhere between 1500 and 1800 barrels this year. That is now in the air. Um, that is like, that was, would have been almost a hundred percent increase from last year. Um, and that was also without going outside of just the Westchester to, to Canada area. Mm-hmm. But uh, now um, I'm not sure how much it is. I mean, we're like 98% can sales now because it's everything's to go. So we'll see how it changes when things open, but we're contemplating getting a canning line. Um, and because of how much we're canning and, how fast we need to can it and it also will give us more flexibility on when we can things. So where are, how do you can now by hand or we have, no, we have, um, there's a canning company called Ironheart and they oh, okay. bring their canning line in, set it up, can our beer and then break it down and drive home. Uh, and it's hard to schedule gotcha. them, schedule them weeks out. You can't call them like the day before. Um, yeah. So yeah. if you were to get a canning line, it would just smooth out your process. Yeah, of course. Then we, can just, then we can turn the tanks over faster. We can not have issues around, you know, uh, waiting for somebody to come. Maybe they're, they're, they have a problem with their, you know, getting guys or whatever it is, or everybody else is using them. So it's, and then it's a cost benefit analysis, whether like we can reduce our costs by getting our own canning line per canning run. So um, that's what it winds up, uh, the analysis winds up being. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely are also looking at potentially getting larger fermenters. We have six 15-barrel fermenters and two 30s, and it looks like we might need to get uh, additional 30s or some 60-barrel fermenters um, as we expand to, say, the city or to the western New York um, so that we can, you know, basically supply more beer and, um, and give people, like, you know, satisfy the market's demand. I'm I'm curious. I I haven't been to your uh, brewery yet, but I definitely would like to get out there after this coronavirus. What 
what do you got for number of beer on tap? I mean, what's the vibe in there? Do you, you do some food or? Sure. We have, um, so we have uh, about 80 seats we have inside and we have another 90 seats outside. We have 170 seats. Um, we wow. Serve, we serve food Thursday through Monday, uh, sorry, Thursday through Sunday now, uh, or it will be Thursday through Sunday. We have food and beer. Um, we have 16 taps. We usually have one cider on tap. It's not our own. It used to be nine pin. I think we're going to go with Hudson North cider now. Um, and then we have a fridge for our to-go beer. And um, basically, we don't have any wait staff. You just come and order at the bar. Go mm-hmm. find a table. It's basically a free-for-all. And then we'll give you a number, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you your beer and a number, and then you just go and, and sit down, and we'll find you with the food. And if you want more beers, just come up to the bar and order. A lot of people will like that. have an issue yeah. with that because they feel like they need to get served or, or need a, somebody to come over and take their order. But um, they're not our kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they've never been to a bar before. Those restaurants. Um, you're at a, yeah, you're at a brewery. It's not like, you know, you're not going to fine dining restaurant. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't, I, it's fine if you want things a certain way, but it's my brewery and my brew the brewer's right. brewery like we do it the way that we want to if you don't like it you don't have to come there it's, right exactly it's just the, this is our system and the reason why this system is there is because it's impossible to find employees that that show up all the time and so we have to like make do with what we have and so that's the system that works for us right now and and um however it's been great and on saturdays during the summertime at any given time we could have 500 or 600 people at the brewery and they're all sitting wow. around, hanging out, drinking, having a great time, listening to live music. And some people are complaining, which unfortunately I have to deal with. But um, you know, that's just the nature of the beast in the in the food service industry. So we're in any service. 100%. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. not our kind of people. No, they're <laughs> not our kind of people. I I prefer when I go to a bar or brewery, I would prefer to get my beer and just like that, order my food and go stand at a high top or something like that and pick at the food because you're there to, you're there to drink beer or try, you know, try some different beers and things like that. I mean, if you want to go like get fancy dine and serve, then there's plenty of places for that. Well, I mean, we try to, we try to accommodate everyone, even people that don't want to drink beer. We have soda for, we have wine, we have alternatives. We make lemonade in house and our food is excellent. It's not like, you're not going to get slop on a plate. Like our food is excellent. It's probably some of the best food in the area. And yeah. so, so I try to accommodate everyone and make everyone have a great experience in our brewery. And like, that's my goal. Like aside from having great beer and great food, it's also like experiential. And, and when you come there, if you don't have a good time, I'm doing something wrong. And right. so that's all we're trying to do is improve the experience for everyone. Cause it's a customer business, you know? Yeah, I, now, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but I know out, out here in the Finger Lake region, a lot of breweries they'll they'll take like they'll have one or two taps from another brewery, and then you'll you'll give a keg to say that same brewery. So sure. they have your beer on tap. Do you, is any, do you do anything like that, or we haven't done any guest taps? Um, we just we usually have just so much beer and so much variety. We have fifteen different beers on tap. Um, and any, at any, and the funny thing is of the 15 lines that we have for beer, sometimes only two of them are IPAs, sometimes six of them are, but we just kind of keep it fresh. And so, you know, it's not that I don't want to have 
other people's beer there, but we we're trying to get people to come to sample all what we have, and so it doesn't make sense to have other people's beer at this. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, was go ahead. Gonna, I know Kolsch Kolsch is seeming to be getting popular. Do you, you have anything like that in the works for the summer? Yeah, we we have a Kolsch that we almost pretty much have on tap year round. Oh, okay. It's called Look Inside. It's originally been food or fermented, um, which is basically our wooden fermenter, but that has now turned sour. And so um, the microbiome inside the fooder won't allow us to make clean beer there anymore. So the last batch of the Kolsch has become sour. So we're going to, it's a completely different beer. And so we're going to wind up bottling that and fruiting some of it and, and, cellaring it for a little bit and so now we're making our kolsch back in stainless steel um but it's a great beer people love it and uh and it's called look inside and and uh if you ever come through i'm, sh- I'm sure you'll enjoy it yeah definitely what um so like is there uh, so you're open uh all year round we're right? open all year round, yes so what is there different kinds of beers that go with different and not trust me i'm like i'm asking this for my own Sure. benefit and for anybody that's going to watch this but that doesn't know shit like me about beer just knows that what they like is there like certain beers that you put on tap per season or like you know what i mean obviously you have you know like yeah, we'll have the october fest and things like that we, but we like what october what is a you we, guys we, make an october fest yeah, we make an october fest called Stocktoberfest, and um we uh, we'll, like during the summertime, we'll make a half of ice in, we'll make more um, seasonal beers. We'll make a lot more fruited sours or lower ABV grisettes or things that are like easier to drink when it's super hot out. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, we'll make, you know, celebration ales or um, Oktoberfest or some of the darker beers, Belgian triple um, things like that, that are that, tend to be better when it's a little cooler. And as you get towards winter, there's more porters and stouts on draft. So we try to, we try to mix it up um, a lot. And our tap list is really diverse. Um, you know, we joke with the, uh, with the distributor that we're really easy to do a tap takeover with at a bar because we don't have uh, seven variations of an IPA. We'll bring a Pilsner, right. we'll bring a lager, we'll bring, you know, a Kolsch and, and two IPAs and a sour or two or, or dark beer. So, because we have a lot of variety. I'm going to have to make a few trips to Phoenicia. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, Once things open up. Completely peaked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that you guys were that, that had that big of a place out there and had food and all that stuff. I was out there. Um, I was out in Woodstock over the summer. It didn't last start. Summer. What's that? It didn't start like that. Yeah. When we and started, you, you we had, you guys have been open for three years now? Um, two and a half years. Two and a half years. That's a lot of growth. Yeah, I mean, that's I awesome though. Not just us and I'm not, you know, I think it's the beer industry in general. Like New York has some of the best beer. And, yeah. um, and so I think that it's, you know, if you're a brewery and people like what you're doing and they like your brand and they like the, the specifically the liquid, then, then, then they'll come and, and hopefully you'll be able to get more out there to, to more people. How, uh, how, where do you pick? Like you're talking about the West coast hops and stuff. How do you pick like what, what goes with what? Like how do you pick the hops in the, 
I don't whatever else goes into it. <laughs> yeah, of, the oats, the hops. Yeah. It's a lot of smelling. It's a lot of um, like we know the, a lot of the what the flavor profiles are of the hops, and so what we think would go well together. And then once we make the base beer, then we smell it, and we taste it, and we see like what we think, what additional hops it could use in the dry hops. So that would add different flavors and different aromas, which would comp hopefully complement um, what we're doing. And, you know, most of the time it's, it works. And so, you know, every once in a while we've had a miss, but um, it's not often, but it, it you know, you, you can't be uh, perfect all the time. So. Yeah. You said your, your brewmaster's name was Scott. Yeah, Scott. What was his experience before starting up with you? I mean, what, did he work somewhere else or? He was in retail in the city and he was home brewing in, in my garage and his own garage for a while. So uh, he, you know, eight years of home brewing and uh, or nine years of home brewing, it hopefully you learn a little bit. And, yeah. uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's completely different on the bigger system. Um, it, the, the time under uh, contact time for the hops is, is significantly different and, and you know, how the process, how long the process takes changes depending on, you know, your systems. And, and so you really have to learn your systems as you're going. And so that was what we were doing for the first, really the first year is like learning the system, learning the different timing of, of everything and how we change stuff on the bigger system, how that affects the flavor of, and the, the nature of all the beers. So have you tried any of the grains and hops or whatever that grow on the East Coast? There's there's a brewery out this way in the Fringle Lakes that's all they use is uh, stuff that's from out in this area. And I noticed their beer tastes different than uh, just with that. Just is it? Have you noticed a difference? Have you guys tried brewing anything? Yeah, there's definitely a difference in the hops. We use a lot of New York hops, um, specifically from your in the from the Rochester area, um, and. Um, they have, they're just really good. I mean, like specifically our Columbus hops are great from there. Um, we also use um, grains from a place called 1886 Malt House. Um, I forget where they are, but I feel like they're up in your area as well. And, and there, we have used grains from the Hudson Valley area, but there is a very distinct flavor associated with them. Um, and so we use them for certain kind of beers and not other ones. Okay. Um, um, it's just like, like you said, there, there's, there's a noticeable difference for sometimes. Yeah. It's, it was, it's interesting because they, all they use is stuff from out this way and you can definitely taste the difference in their beer and they, they do a low carbonation beer too, which is interesting altogether, but. There's a place called Subversive Malting and Brewing. They make their, they are a malt house and a brewery. They're in um, Catskill, New York. They're great guys. And they, we were going to use their, grains as our uh baby dragon pale ale just like entirely new york ingredients and we used it at once and then they said we're doing so well making our own beer we can't give you grains anymore um, <laughs> <laughs> they had great grains and I, I wish that uh we could get them from them but there there are there are good malt houses and there are really good there's really good stuff coming out of new york you just have to seek it out you know now, is it more expensive coming from this side versus the west coast or it definitely is more expensive, but not, not, not substantially. Um, it's like the hops are not more expensive. The hops are actually similarly priced. The grain's more expensive, but you, if you buy more volume, which we are starting to buy more volume, it winds up becoming similarly priced. Hmm. 
Just think the beer we drink, how much goes into it that we don't even see. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's like the biggest reason why I wanted to start doing these episodes, you know, the craft brew, because we all enjoy it. I mean, it's a $30 billion a year industry right now, so. People like me don't know a fucking thing about it. Just that it tastes good. Yeah, for me, I don't even pretend to know a thing about it. So, like, I've been in the, I've been in the bar with guys that pretend, and you can tell that they don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but they're pretending to. I don't do any of that. I like the taste. I have no idea why it tastes the way it does, like the IPA. I don't even know what the, what, like, the, um, the dominant taste is in an IPA. Hops. It's that the hops. Definitely the hops. Yeah. And I then mean, where does the, phone, but where's the citrus like? It like a, like the juicy like I could taste the juiciness um in certain in certain IPAs. Where does that is that like an actual is that actual fruit or I mean we don't it usually is not a fruit, but it uh there are IPAs clearly that have fruit in them but it's just from the hops and the hop timing and when you add it and how much you add. Really? Do you guys I mean, do any, like, any, any tours of, at all of the, of the brew, like the system, like once a month or anything like that, or if anybody wants to walk through and see it? We, we do and we don't. Um, we try not to give tours just because most of the time people want to do it on Saturdays when yeah. – it's the busiest time and all of our food runners are, are running food down the area where, I mean, basically the food runners go through the brewery. So it's, it's disruptive to everyone for us to give tours. Um, However, you know, we do do it and we have other ways to get into the brewery, but usually we require people to like schedule in advance um, and, and we'll give them a 10 or 15 minute tour. But, um, but, the uh, it depends on also what we're doing that day if we're canning or something like that we can't really do it um, yeah. but um like we just can't do impromptu like stop in tours usually so so if you really want one just send an email and remind me that we did this together and i'll, I'll be happy to, to give you one yeah i mean i think that would be awesome at some point to just you know see the whole process i yeah. think it would be awesome to do a, a part two to this episode from your, you know, pass. not necessarily from your, your setup or, you know, the, the, where you brew, but yeah, we'll the tap house, what's that? We'll all be wearing hazmat suits and we can, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, like you said, in the tap house, you know, drinking beer, eating food and just the whole atmosphere, the experience of it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would just be awesome. Get that people be an awesome that there. it is just, it's like you said, it's, I mean, you're, the beer is delicious, but it's, you know, the atmosphere, the experience of it all at the same time when you're hanging out with people and tasting, like, I mean, it looks like your raspberry gose is popular right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably our most popular um, sour style that we've made. Um, we are making also a blackberry toasted coconut, brown sugar, vanilla, milk sugar sour. Whoa. That'll be out Whoa. in like say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be out. Yeah, like you said that once. Hopefully, I mean, like fingers crossed. We think it'll be great, but um, um, it's uh, it you know having fun with the beers is also like important. So we're trying to make yeah. more more different styles and give give a wider variety of things that we haven't made before. So the raspberry has been like a, a home run for us. Um, we people love it. I mean, it's the first beer where people 
in the our brewery routinely come in and buy two or three cases at a time. So I'm gonna have to try that now. It's it's a great beer. I mean, especially if you like sours, because it's not that sour. It's tart. It's really refreshing, especially when it's hot and sunny. So, have, have you had any spicy beers like jalapeno or? We haven't done the spicy jalapeno one. I don't. It's it gives, me, it gives me acid reflux. I can't do it. Yeah, it's, yeah. you either like it or you don't. I hate it. Kill me, I think. <laughs> I love hot sauce. I hate the jalapeno beers. Yeah, I I agree with you. Some people sit there and drink them all day. I'm like, I don't know how the hell you do that. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, never drank it's jalapeno beer. I don't think I'd be interested. Want. Yeah, it's it's. I've it's had a jalapeno margarita. This way is every brewery starting to do like a jalapeno or a habanero or something like that. Wow. No thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. Heartburn <laughs> that would kill me. In here, but uh, what? Uh, so, um, one last thing for me. So this last, the last batch of endless cycles coming out. Where, like, what's the time frame before that's in, say, like my area, and um, like a distributor uh, beverage sure. center around here? I, 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 we're we're canning it on Thursday. I think the distributor is going to pick it up on Friday, so it might hit stores on Friday. But if I had to guess, it would be the following week. Okay, and how would I? How do you know? Like, how do you know? Is there like a different batch? On the can or it just no. looked, anything that was canned on uh, May twenty eighth. So it says on here. Yeah, if you turn it over, turn it upside down. Or look on the bottom. I don't want, I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> hey, this one was canned oh, four yeah. sixteen twenty. My this one too. I don't normally look at that side of the can. I've yeah. never looked at that. Nope. Yeah, so that's I mean, you know, that's that's just a way to to know that that the beer is uh the beer is uh, relatively fresh. I, I usually find that. If you leave the beer, if you buy, like drink an IPA after about a month to two months, that's when it's like drinking at its peak. Um, but um, you have a good three to four months where you get like all of the flavor without a lot of gradual decline, especially if it's been stored well. Um, yeah. But, um, but it, you know, there's some people that won't drink it if it's past the week, which I don't really understand because the flavors actually develop and the beer is so young and green when we can it right away that it needs to really settle down and like, it's kind of like a wine, you know, it needs to mature. Nothing like yeah. the macro brew stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm not all about those people that, you know, there's those people out there can't drink beer past a week. I ain't about that either. I, I've let it sit. Whatever they want. I'm not going to complain. I'll let people can do whatever. That's they true. Do. I mean, but I'm gonna do I'm I, I'm gonna do a personal test and I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy a four pack and I'm gonna set two of them in the fridge. No, you're not. You're not gonna let them go that long. Okay. Like well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. You're gonna attempt it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let two of them sit there for a month and see if I can figure out a difference. Taste. I'm gonna it. ask you in a month. You're gonna be like, no, I drank those like three weeks ago. <laughs> oh man. Well, this guy sent me pictures of Endless Cycle every other day. I love it. Look what I just picked up. Me too. It's it. really citrusy. It's like easy, yeah. easy to drink, and and it's really refreshing. It's like a good yeah. cup of beer. I love it. I think it's great. I, I, it's definitely my favorite at this point in time. And I've tried a bunch of them now, you know, over like the last four months or so, and that one's definitely – it's got me. 
you know, I enjoy the new normal from um, Crossroads, the nor'easter from, um, what do you call it, Chatham Brewery there. But this one is the one that I, you know, when I'm like searching through the beverage center and I see 10,000 cans, I'm just like, no, that's mine. That's the one I want. And I'm out of there, you know, and that's how I feel about it. And I, I, I really enjoy it. So I usually always have a four pack in the fridge. That's awesome. I'm that guy. So, but uh, that's all I got. I don't want to keep you too much longer on a yeah. Friday night. Um, it's all good. I can't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I got to drive up. Well, not drive, but I'm going to ride up the camp in a couple hours up north. Well, listen, guys, anytime you come through the brewery, always hit us up beforehand on Instagram or, or via email, and I'll take care of you guys, buy you some beers, and sh- give you a tour of the brewery or whatever. I'd love to come. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to come, I- and I'd love to do a little episode two type of thing again and see you guys actually at work behind the behind the bar. and yeah, you know, give everybody you know, that experience. See Definitely what kind of food you got. I'm a foodie as well. Cool. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm a – I saw a thing the other day that said proper foodie, and I don't understand what that means. I mean, you can't but, tell. You can't tell on here, but I've eaten some food. <laughs> we filter. We filter you down. I mean, they told me if I were to make my own beer, the can would have to have a Sasquatch on it. So that's what I heard. <laughs> that tells you I did hear that. I did hear that today. Well, but, um, well, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, Rick. Thanks for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate definitely. it, man. You're episode number one of the craft brew sessions that we're gonna do here, and uh, you know. Great. It was definitely very informative, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot more now than I did before. What's that? Let me know when it goes live so we can uh, can watch it. We will. It'll be in the next day. Probably. It'll probably be tomorrow. All right, cool. So we'll put it out there to go on Instagram and some other spots. um, And we'll definitely tag you in it when we put it on. It'll be like an IGTV thing. It'll go on YouTube and we'll we'll tag you in it. Um, Woodstock Brewing, and you'll see it. It'll be there. You know, it'll but be cool. Definitely. Thanks for coming on, man. That was awesome. You. Yeah. You guys have a good night, all right? You Appreciate too. Appreciate you, Rick. Take care. Good luck with everything.